Hello and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. One of the things that people who listen to this podcast tell us that they appreciate most is hearing how other people with depression manage it, what tools they've found effective that maybe we have or haven't tried recently. And of course, we all know the list. (laughs) People love to suggest breathing exercises and walks and yoga, and those things can all be really helpful, no doubt. But it's always interesting to hear the less common things, too, like coloring, dancing in your kitchen, doing puzzles, and playing video games. And that is the focus of this episode, video gaming and mental health. But it's also a broader look at mental health, mental health disorders, and how to recognize, communicate with, and support the people or characters you encounter in life who live with such conditions. We have two guests today who are creating a video game that takes a really unique approach to the topic of mental health. We met them at a fundraising event for a local suicide prevention foundation that has awarded us grants to produce this podcast in the past. So we knew right away there was something really interesting and different about their company. So here now are Vanessa Lane and Michael Sapiro of Better Play, giving their voices to depression. I'm very curious to hear why you are doing this, how you're doing this. Um, One of the first things was, I just wondered, do you think that most people would associate mental health with gaming? Yeah, well, an interesting thing happened during the pandemic. And over 50% of Americans utilize video games for not only their entertainment, but to, to cope with all the stresses and anxieties of the pandemic. So a majority of Americans are actually, this isn't a strange concept to them, Michael says there are dozens of articles, blogs, and Reddit posts crediting a particular type of video game called Cozy Games, like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, with helping people through that unprecedented time. Michael's business partner and co-creator Vanessa is one of them. During the pandemic, she, like many, juggled responsibilities, including a job, marriage, and young children, all from home. I've been struggling with mental health, honestly, my whole life. Um, I'm just one of those people that's, you know, was born anxious and anxiety tends to be, tends to be, um, 
how my mental health challenges uh, present themselves. I was a teacher and loved it, but I quit a job over anxiety. So that kind of sets the stage. Um, and, you know, we did the whole, we watched Tiger King. We, you know, played some board games. We did all the things that everyone else did during the pandemic. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Roller Coaster Tycoon. So that was a game I had loved as a kid. Um, that became a part of my evening routine. Uh, my husband would, he saw that it was really impactful for me. So he would put the kids to bed and I would play Roller Coaster Tycoon. And I honestly think that helped me just not completely lose it during the pandemic. In, in what ways did it help? So I do think I do think there is a very real thing to the distraction, um, especially during that time. You know, you could doom scroll Twitter, um, but for me, it was. Um, it was immersing myself in a different world, building something, feeling constructive because I, I had we had so little control over what was happening around us. Just like trying to deal with um, things being unpredictable, it was just like a little, a little slice of predictability that I really needed at that time in my life. Michael, who loved playing video games growing up before work and family life filled his schedule, not only got back to it over the pandemic, he also tapped into his academic side and researched how and why gaming was helping him and so many others. Um, and there's so many studies that say it's not just the distraction. It's not just that it's entertainment. It's not the same as a TV. Um, the, the way you engage with video games and the way that certain mechanics can be um, constructed, laid out, and, and, and uh, implemented into a game can have tremendous mental health benefits. Uh, and, and that's what we're all about, is we're saying, let's stop being... Um, haphazard with the good that video games can do. Let's start being intentional. We know the mechanics can help. Let's bring psychologists in and really exploit them to their fullest potential. And that's just what they did for their startup, Better Play, and the creation of their first game, Outdwellers, which is still in the prototype phase. Both of the psychologists on their team are gamers themselves, and both see clinical value in video games. Vanessa references Dr. Alex Chris, whose practice, research, and writings disrupt societal assumptions about gamers and gaming. I used to be a middle school teacher. I really bought into, oh, games are bad, gamers are lazy. Um, you know, a gamer is just a guy that sits in his parents' basement and doesn't socialize. And what Alex's book um, did for me as, um, as someone who... I'm very interested in, in knowing what the research says is it just opened my eyes to, yes, maybe there are some negative um, aspects to video games, but there are far more positive aspects as well. For example, um, one of the, the best examples is um, playing Minecraft, um, watching you know elementary age children play Minecraft. There's some simple, basic uh, social, emotional rules to follow. Um, you don't break something you didn't build. What a great concept. But during the pandemic, a lot of people weren't able to practice those skills, right? Because we weren't in school, we couldn't go to parks, you know, things like that. Um, and even beyond the pandemic, um, this is where kids are socializing. Like this isn't, yes, it's a game, but life isn't a game. And these are real skills that, that kids get to, get to practice. And the, you had asked, so how, how did this fit into your game design process? And here's what's unique about us. There's, we're not the only company that's tried to do something in this realm, right? We're not the only company that's looked at mental health in video games. In fact, I can talk about a few notable companies, including Microsoft, that has interests in this. Um, but we're the only company that I can tell that brings psychologists in at the very onset of all your pre-production. 
Michael says usually when psychologists are brought into game development, it's to help pepper psychological concepts into entertainment or to gamify a mental health technique, kind of like a breathing app or something. Their games development required professional input with concepts, mechanics, and even dialogue. So if one plays that game, what's, what experience, what's different about that experience, and would I be aware that I'm doing anything that's good for my mental health? The concept behind our game, and first of all, it it's fits in the genre that we, we referenced before, that cozy genre of video games, which is where people already go to for the mental health needs. We, we have statistics on this, and it's a genre that's blowing up um, and gaining in popularity year over year. So some of the hallmarks of that genre, which are in our game, are life simulation elements, deep storylines, connections. Farming is a familiar element in the genre, too, though not in Outdwellers. But the difference is, our, the story from our game is that this woman lives in the city, very busy professional life, she gets burnt out, and in this world, it's, it's a little bit different, it's kind of like the American 1990s, but it's a little different, it's fictionalized, right? And so everyone lives in the city. So she made this brave choice to go into a cabin that's been in her family for years. And she meets this new community of people that live in the woods called the Outdwellers. And as she meets them, she discovers that there's everyone's dealing with something. She's dealing with something. They're dealing with something. And the game itself, through interaction and dialogue choices and getting to know people and clues and gifting and relationship building, you learn how to interact with people of all sorts of mental health struggles. And um, you you walk your way like kind of around this world and you engage with uh, the different characters. Now, some of the characters, um, one person, for example, deals with narcissistic, with a narcissistic personality. And so you actually interact with him and you have these different responses. Like, could you, do you want to affirm what this person's saying? Do you want to have a passive response? Um, do you want to, you know, kind of um, put up a boundary there's one uh, character who is taking care, is a caregiver and suffering from caregiver's fatigue and depression associated with that in the game. And so you have to learn how to help her um, during that time. And there's there's also another uh, woman dealing with trauma from a relationship, from uh, infidelity in a marriage and figuring that out. And it all sounds very dour and serious, but it's wrapped up in, in gameplay. It's wrapped up in and really interesting and actually quirky, deep characterization and, and storylines that you get into with these characters. So um, you do have some choices. Um, you do have some agency in this game. Um, but you're able to uh, make your own choices and kind of find your own way um, throughout this particular game. And you learn, really, how, how can you relate to them? What should you say? What uh, what's, what's the best way of relating to them and then identifying things in yourself and helping them? And that's, that's around, that's the really the concept of the game. So it builds empathy, it builds awareness. And these are something that are that's that's lacking in our society today is that is that ability to, to have empathy and intuit is someone else going through a struggle and how can I help them? How can I recognize that in myself too? With our limited time, we're not able or even qualified to do a deep dive into issues like violence in video games, which these developers are intentionally avoiding, or the range of behaviors in online gaming communities. Our focus in this episode is solely on the welcome, embrace, and informed exploration of mental health conditions in another potentially wide-reaching medium. 
Well, one thing one thing that I think might actually start shifting the needle on uh, on video games is actually um, the amount of people who grew up uh, playing video games are they're, they're getting older. Um, so we know that thirty eight percent of senior citizens are playing video games, and so um, I even think about my my own dad who's in his mid sixties who was like a Madden guy, but like he he had a Super Nintendo. Like that's how I got into video games, and then we had a Nintendo sixty four, and then the PlayStation, and then that kind of evolved. And I think. Um, I think that we're, we are in the middle of seeing um, seeing the attitude, I think, collectively shift toward video games, um, especially with Gen Z. So many of them game. Um, and, and they play a lot of different kinds of games. Like, I, they're, they're not just playing video games. They're playing tabletop games. And they're, they're very social creatures. I mean, like we all are, but especially Gen Z. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch these trends and watch how people engage and, and the role that gaming has uh, in that. And the shift in attitude not just toward gaming, but stigma, mental health conditions, and the need to not see those of us with diagnoses as other, but as fellow players in the game of life, all of whom are dealing with something. The, the main thing is that we've heard from so many people, we've had so many discussions with different mental health care providers, and, and even people that work with, with children, is that was something we were thinking about focusing on more early on in our, in our business, that there's just a lack of empathy. There's a lack of people. People don't know how to relate. They everyone struggles with something, right? But you don't know how to recognize it. If sometimes in yourself, but oftentimes in others. And when you do, you don't know what to do, right? And so, and really, it's that that care of um, you know person to person interpersonal care that's so important. And it is the secret to really addressing the mental health. It's it's you know it is that 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 breaking that isolation. So. Um, our game helps move that forward in addition to exploiting some of the same mechanics that help you that are cozy game mechanics that people go to already, but there's an extra layer of, of, of thoughtfulness in how we design the game. So first, Terry, I love that they are tackling empathy deficits through the development of this game. And I also really love what you said in one of the breaks that we are all just fellow players in the game of life. Mm. Uh, that was beautiful. And I just think back, we've done so much on this podcast to help people who are just not that familiar with the experience of depression and trying to teach them and help them understand what to do and say and what to not do and say right. in order to relate you know, better to somebody who's living with depression, you know, whose experience of this game of life, or at least a portion of it is just different yep. from, you know, from their own experience. And so what I really think is cool about using a game to teach empathy, and how to relate better with others is that, you know, IRL in real life, <laughs> you know, we might be a little hesitant to practice with others. Um, interesting. The, the things that even we're being taught what to say or do because we might worry we're looking foolish or or that we might offend or we're going to do it wrong. So I love the idea that in a in a game, you can practice, you know, like setting a boundary with a narcissist or mm -hmm. supporting somebody who's d depressed or feeling suicidal. And you could learn it virtually and then, you know, do that practice and then do it in real life, maybe with more confidence. Mm -hmm. And so I just think this could be a really safe and fun way for people to get those skill sets that they feel like they don't have. You know, how do I accept somebody who's so different from me? Um, how can I empathize? How can I be compassionate? How can I 
effectively be there, you know, to support them. Really nice. Do you have, every time I ask you about your clients, I hesitate a little bit because I never mean to cross any line, but do you have clients who use gaming as a mental health management tool? Oh, absolutely. And and some of the things that they were talking about that during the pandemic, um, let's see, they said Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing were mm-hmm. so popular. Mm-hmm. The cozy games. Yes, the cozy games. I had many clients who who were playing those during that time. And um, on the recommendation of a client, I started trying to um, play Stardew Valley. But unfortunately, I don't know. It might just be that game. It might be just the way that I'm not a, a very good gamer. But my poor little person in this game kept kept waking up in a you know somebody's backyard or garden in the morning after <laughs> being lost all night so so i gave up i felt so so i had so much empathy for my poor avatar i just said i can't do this anymore to him anyway i did have a lot of clients who were playing those games and i think we all had to during the pandemic we all had to sort of change the way that we thought about you know how people used everything from gaming to um, social media to you know binge watching you know shows and things like that things that maybe when you know life was sort of normal um, we would have said you know why are you wasting all this time doing this Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden life became not normal for everybody yep and then some of those things that people who are dealing with you know depression or or isolation and things like that Things that have been helpful for them for a long time suddenly became helpful to a lot more people. Interesting. Um, I don't mean for us to seem like we're avoiding an elephant in the room or being naive about uh, Mm -hmm. gaming addictions, about violence in games and all those things. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to just make that not the focus of this episode. And we can link to some um, research and and anybody can Google it too, if they're interested. But, you know, those are real things and we're not pretending they're not. We're just talking about a really interesting approach and another way to have a conversation in an actual game and then in the real world too, because you can say, hey, you know, I learned about anxiety. I learned about depression. I learned about bipolar disorder playing this game. Do you have these symptoms? Because they, I think it's awesome that that they actually uh, d- dialed in mental health specialists in the development of I'm this. I'm really appreciative. Yes. yes, I'm very appreciative that they did that. And listen, you know, people have been using simulations, you know, pilots and and um, and other people who are in, in some pretty, you know, pretty tough, tricky situations to to help them gain competence and confidence before mm. they go out, you know, and actually you know, land this plane or do this particular maneuver. So I really like the idea that we can bring this to improving all kinds of skill sets. I think there's, this is a wonderful way to think about using uh, video games. Nice. Thank you very much. (laughs) And thank you to Vanessa and Michael for sharing their story with us. And we hope that this game becomes available for people to play and learn from. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen.